are now listening to Shy Sox Weekly, hosted by Tony Marchese and John Suarez. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 45 of Shy Sox Weekly, presented by ONTAP Sportsnet. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by my co-host, Tony Marchese. Tony, how you doing, bud? Johnny, it was a few days at the ballpark, doubleheader yesterday, a day game today. I'm exhausted, but I'm happy to be here. How about yourself? Hey, uh, I'm a little bit exhausted, too, just from the physical wear and tear of that, uh, back and forth to the city. Um, but I, I am ecstatic. I think the wind gives us a little more uh, pep in our step, would you say? Absolutely, Johnny. It was uh, good to beat the Astros, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about this uh, series and uh, some of the news. But we'll leave the nitty-gritty stuff to Socks on Tap. Um, if you haven't checked out Socks on Tap, follow us at Socks on Tap. That is our breakdown of... Uh, the day-to-day stuff that uh, that Johnny and I and our guy Buzz do uh, over at ONTAP Sportsnet. Um, we'll get into some of that stuff. But, Johnny, I also want to remind everybody, get it right out of the way, you should be going to Second City Picks to pick the winners of all these games. Um, and you can win some free food. Um, free food's awesome. I would have loved to have some free food on my way back home from the ballpark, soak up some of those Budweiser's that I had there. Um, I don't know about you. Free food's awesome. Yeah, free food's awesome, Tony. I came really close one time. It was back in the Detroit series, but it was super simple. When I was entering that, I just went to secondcitypicks.com, and it was a White Sox game that they had the template laid out for. All you do was enter the what you think the final score will be, and then the tiebreaker is usually the number of White Sox hits. Um, uh, sometimes they'll alternate and do Cubs games, too. So if you want to go and pick against the North Siders, you can feel free to do that. Uh, you don't have to be a fan to win. Uh, you, you, could, you could just go on and pick it. And if you're right, then you'll win the gift card. Uh, so, yeah, it is to a Chicagoland food establishment. Uh, that kind of varies day to day. Second City Picks has a wide variety of them, though, Tony. Uh, I've seen stuff from Shake Shack to uh, pizza joints to uh, Bona Beef, um, just uh, pretty much anything. And he's all across the board there. So I grabbed uh, some Bona Beef really on the way home from the ballpark today. Bona Beef is, yeah. the, is, the, is the stuff right there. Well, would have been nice if you could have uh, had a gift card to pay for it. Yeah, but, um, ho- hopefully some of the listeners can take advantage of that and uh, use that to their advantage and win some free food. So Absolutely. Um, that's Second City Picks, man. They're at uh, sec- at Second City Picks on Twitter. Uh, go and follow them. They will tweet out in the morning which game uh, will be featured on their site. And then to make your selections, you just go to secondcitypicks.com, enter it there. It will send you an email receipt automated right away so you have your picks uh, know what you had so as you're, you can sweat it out over the game. Um, and then, yeah, you, you just check back after and they email it to you when uh, you win. So that's it. That's Second City Picks, Stone. Absolutely, Johnny. I will be heading there tomorrow. And hopefully it's the White Sox that we're picking and not the Cubs because we don't like the Cubs. But still going to make a pick either way. Uh, Like you said, simple, super simple. All right, Johnny, let's get into some news before we get our guest on. Speaking of food, we got a big food guy coming. Um, It's not Tony on food, unfortunately, but it is Unprotected Socks tonight. He does some absolutely awesome food reviews on his blog. Uh, So we'll pick his brain on some ballpark foods today as uh, this is kind of a food-themed episode, I guess. Uh, that we got going on here. But first, some news. 
Yeah, for, first of all, news. Uh, I think the biggest thing today was uh, Yohan Mankata. It was announced that he will be heading to Charlotte for a rehab stint, and if all goes well, should rejoin the team Monday in Minnesota. Tony, I've missed Yohan Mankata in the lineup, and I think the offense has, um, seeing as they got shut out in both losses against Oakland and only scored two in that first one against Houston. Did you say so? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I've, I've talked about this numerous times. Yohan Moncada in the lineup is a, a must for this White Sox team. It's going to be interesting to see his rehab stint down in uh, in Charlotte because he's going to be playing with some young studs in uh, Luis Robert and uh, Nick Madrigal down there. And uh, I, I would go as far as to say that lineup might compete with the White Sox current lineup as currently formed. Um, you know, he did some, some major league talent down there, some 4A talent. So... It'll be interesting to see what uh, what Charlotte does. Might tune into some of that and just catch it and check it out a little bit. But uh, you had one other bullet point in here. Sox are now yeah, fifty four so, and sixty five after taking the series from the Astros, creeping back up. Surprisingly, taking the yeah. series from the Astros, uh, and not surprising to you because you expected some weird baseball, as you like to say. I do like that term because baseball can be a very weird game, uh, pretty much all the time. I wouldn't say sometimes, uh, pretty much all the time. It's a pretty weird game. Um, but, yeah, I did not expect it. If you go back, and uh, I gladly am eating my words from uh, last show when we had Jordan Blasowski on and made our prediction for this upcoming week in White Sox baseball, um, I predicted two wins, one in each series, against one against Oakland, one against Houston. Um, I was wrong. We got two against Houston. I was still right on the Oakland side. But, hey, uh, I, I will be gladly wrong about those, Tony. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I can't say I was confident with my picks going in here, but uh... – Hey, sometimes it works out. Um, I, I was wrong, I think, in the first series, and you were right, so we'll, we'll take the split on that. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. Sox beat the Astros, and I couldn't be happier with it. Uh, I love when we beat good teams. Uh, no. It gives you, a good, gives you a good feeling when you're coming home. It, uh, a good feeling when you're watching it, when the game's over. Uh, beating teams that you didn't think you had a chance to beat, it, it kind of does – Give you a little positivity, I guess, is a good way to put it. I would say so, 100% tone. Um, I mean, that James McCann Grand Slam, uh, we were all riled up for that. Um, especially just kind of the, the way that things shook down. You thought it was going to be a that's so White Sox meltdown and we're already up. Um, and then, uh, you know, Eloy had just hit a bomb to put it 9-7. to seven, And then, of course, Altuve comes up, uh, hits a home run to tie it up. And we, we you know, we, we had two outs, uh, McCann. Bases loaded, and he came through. Uh, win might help him out a little bit, but hey, uh, driving the ball the opposite way. I think Andrew Kinsler would be proud of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he would. I, I actually talked to him a little bit tonight, and uh, he was talking about how he wished that he had his uh, – he's got a little blog he'd been working on about uh, McCann going oppo, and uh, he was he was kicking himself for not getting that one out there. But I, I'm sure he's still got that one in the pipeline, but he's been talking about – McCann's approach for for quite a while now so um yeah kudos to him on that one yeah uh that's all I've got really for news Tony I think Mancata is the biggest one there uh it's gonna be Mancata watch I I want him to just smuggle uh Robert Madrigal up with him when he comes back to Chicago I would enjoy that um but not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah it would it would be nice but you you know the White Sox can't have nice things we're not allowed to have nice things uh things Tony, that's all I've got in the new section here. Um, I say we just go right for it. Bring on unprotected socks. It sounds good to me. Let's get them on. And we're back. We've got unprotected socks. His real name is Brian, and we're happy to have him here on Shy Socks Weekly. 
He did an episode with me on Socks on Tap, so you may have heard him before, but here he is. Brian, how are you, man? I'm I'm excited to be here. I know uh, people get a little bit upset when they find out that I'm not Easy E, but uh, <laughs> it's just a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, had a real good time with you on Socks on Tap, and excited to hear my voice again in the morning or whenever this gets posted. Uh, listening to, it's like, oh damn, is my voice really that high? <laughs> I thought it was fine. Uh, I wasn't on that episode, uh, that one that you and Tony did together. Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, you well, so I'm excited for what this brings. Um, but if you don't follow Unprotected Socks, I just want to you know throw it out there. We we kind of came across this guy because he first just interacted with us. That that was just how it how it came to be, and his takes are just hilarious. Uh, so I just want Brian, could you just like tell us a little bit about your shtick and how? You know, I know when we were on the pre-show, you kind of said you don't really know how it started. It just kind of did but just tell us a little bit about the shtick because it is seriously funny content i laugh almost every time you're in our mentions well johnny first i want to say thank you for telling me that my first podcast appearance was fine uh that's always the feedback you want to hear uh but yeah uh, so a couple years ago i think it might have been the first time that uh the 108 did the tournament uh and i I, that's kind of how I discovered White Sox Twitter. And with my old account, like my personal account, I would, I started following all those guys. And I'm like, man, there's really this many people that just want to sit back and talk about White Sox. I'm going to try to join this. And I, the way I wanted to do it was just kind of keep it light and enjoyable and not take it too seriously because I've been known as a sports fan to just get too angry about things. Like all my friends are saying, oh, I can't watch games with you. And that's no fun. So I wanted to keep it light, and I don't know. I My sense of humor is not for everybody. I It's mostly pun-based, and I know it's often said that that's the lowest form of humor, but it's easy, and I like it, so I just get it out there, and I'm actually kind of shocked at, uh, kind of shocked by the return, and everyone's been so kind, and it's, it's been an awesome year. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if we kind of touched this, but like, how did you how did you come up with the name and everything behind it? Um, you know, any any backstory to it? Or um, I know you uh, had put something out on Twitter that uh, you're, you're a Green Bay fan. You're you're in decent company here, uh, and yes. you're you're trying to embark on the same kind of thing in, in Green Bay Twitter. But uh, you you had some funny names for that too. So did you put this to a vote, or was this just you know right out of your right out of your brain here? No, you see, I just really hate using condoms. So, uh, you know, with uh, just it's not as fun. So, like I said, I wanted to keep it fun. Um, no, it. I realized that uh, sock sounds like sex. <laughs> I know that's kind of juvenile, but that that's just kind of how it went. So, I went through a lot of names, and then I was thinking, okay, if I'm going to write a blog, I'm, this is probably going to be an inappropriate Twitter. So. Just went through like, oh, I'm unprotected. I'm going to be a little bit no filter, and uh, it worked out like that. And I think the name is actually it's been really helpful in getting followers and everything. So it's worked. It's worked really nicely. It 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 seems to have. So kudos to you on that one, man. Like Johnny said, uh, you know, every, every time you're in our mentions, man, I, I'm dying. You've had some of the best tweets I think out there um, in Sox Twitter this year. And uh, I'm sure you're aware that the 108 runs a tournament of, of Twitter personalities. I will 
I will riot if if you're not up there in one of the top seeds because you know uh, you know we at Chai Sox Weekly like to commend ourselves for our Rookie of the Year run last year. Um, I think yeah. I think you're right up there uh, I, in, I, in this in this running here. So if if we do hand out Chai Sox yearlies again, um, I, I think you've got that Rookie of the Year locked down. You've got some stiff competition though. Uh, my shy socks. I know you, you've interacted with him as well. Uh, both of you guys, uh, new to white Sox Twitter this year, I'd say. And, uh, you guys have added some very much needed comedic value, uh, out there in the, in the Twitter sphere. I, uh, I, I really appreciate that. I, my, what my shy socks, uh, Hayes, I think he goes by now. He has been huge in kind of my growth as far as getting followers goes. Cause I mean, he's he's a fan of mine. I'm a fan of his, and he just kind of retweets everything. And I, I love that guy. So, if I if I lost in a, a rookie of the year to him, I would be honored. And as far as the tournament goes, like I mentioned, that's kind of what got me into White Sox Twitter. I've like, that's the goal is to make it in that tournament. I don't care if I get blown out by White Sox Dave in the first round, but I just want to be in that so that I can feel good about myself for a second before uh, eventually getting kicked out of it. <laughs> I, I I lost in the first round last year too, uh, Brian. So it, it really is though. You, you just want to be in it, uh, included with it, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you get a lot of fun banter back and forth, and then you know supporting other people, personalities, and whatnot. Um, so we definitely hope to see you in that uh, come March this year. But uh, Unprotected Socks is not just a Twitter account. I, I know that's where uh, it starts, and that's probably where the name gets out at. But it is also a website, and I have uh, found you know a couple of hilarious pieces on this website that I, I just I shared them on mine. Um, I was I hope that some other people uh, that helped other people direct to it and actually check these out because um, I think it started the first one that I actually read on your site, and then I went back and found more. But the first one I read was Wrigley Pizza Review. Uh, just tell me a little bit about the site, some of your work on the site, what you do there, um, because it, it never fails to make uh, make me laugh. So, yeah. So if I come up with just like a one liner, like a joke, I tend to just throw it out into Twitter. Uh, but if I, if I can come up with like a full concept or something, I, I like to write like a full blog um, and try to share that out there as well. And it, it's just kind of fun to write. It's like an extra hobby on top of my job and. Um, it, it makes me laugh and I, I hope it makes the readers laugh too but uh, with your Wrigley review that you're talking about every time I've gone to the White Sox game this year I've tried something new as far as the food goes everyone knows we have the best food uh, in the MLB uh, so I'd write a review and at the end of each review I'd give it a score and I've never given anything but a perfect score to White Sox uh, I don't know if anyone even picked up on that so yeah, then, uh, I went usually to, 10, 10, but I like that the beer was 108 out of 108. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. I try to switch it up. Um, but for the Cubs game, I I got invited by a friend uh, to the White Sox game over there where Eli hit the game winner. And it was awesome. Uh, but I was still at Wrigley. So I tried the pizza. And I'm, I mean, you can read the blog for yourself, but I... <laughs> I guess you can say that I was a little bit biased in my in my assessment of that pizza, which eh, it's fair. It was yeah. a good store. They don't have as good food there. 
yeah, very true on the food part there. But just you have to read it, White Sox fans. I, I highly recommend going and checking these out because you first of all know going in that Brian is a big White Sox fan, so it's going to be written from that voice. But then also think about the items that he's describing and the way he describes them or to put them down or whatever, you know, for the Wrigley stuff, um, because it is so just uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, comparative to the Cubs themselves. So uh, I really just enjoyed that part of it. Um, enjoy your writing style. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, let people know because uh, if people listen to Shy Sox Weekly and they're on Twitter or whatever, uh, plenty of other, you know, good sites, not, not just Twitter, uh, if you're looking for a little longer form of a read. Um, so it, it, speaking of your pieces, you know, food's been big. Uh, I know you did a 999 challenge. I, we'll talk about that as well. I know you touched on it a little bit on Socks on Tap, but when we're on your posts here, well, we're still on your website section here, uh, tell us about the Zobris situation. The Chicago Cucks investigation. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chicago Cucks. I kind of came up with the name first and then wrote the article from there. But what happened is at the beginning of the summer, um, so, yeah, Ben Zobras leaves the Cubs just randomly. And at first I thought, okay, this guy, he just realizes he's not as good as he once was. He's hanging up the cleats and retiring. Then the Cubs are like, yeah, he might come back sometime. And to me, that doesn't sound like anything that any baseball team would do. Just be like, oh, yeah, why don't you just take some time off and come back whenever you're ready? Um, he already had some weird shit with his wife where he would play her shitty music as he walked up to bat. So I already didn't. I just don't like the guy. Uh, he's also a Cubs World Series MVP. So, um, But anyway, I'm, I'm at a uh, housewarming party out in the middle of Illinois, central Illinois, just fucking cornfields all around me and through the end of the party some like hillbilly comes up to me and we start talking baseball and he says he's from eureka eureka which is where zobris is from and that the reason zobris took all the time off is because lester was banging his wife so i was fucking hilarious and i like so i wanted to make sure that he's true so i said "Are are are you fucking with me and he's like no i'm serious that's the inside information. I don't know why some guy just from his hometown would have this information, but who am I to question him? Okay. So I, I just went ahead uh, and wrote an entire blog about it as if it was uh, true. And it actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it. But again, just like my pizza review, it might be coming from a p- place of my White Sox bias. <laughs> I, I thought it was great though because i've always that, that same kind of uh you know initial perception that you have of zobrist i feel like a lot of white Sox fans do and back during uh the world series run i, I was pretty vocal about it um at least i have a i have a group of friends and pretty much all of them are cubs fans and there's a few Sox fans mixed in there but pretty much all of them are cubs fans and i would always just say like oh yeah he's like you know ben zobrist would be a lot cooler if he uh you know didn't use his wife's shitty Christian music for his walk-up songs or something like that. Uh, I, I always rip on it. And then, uh, you know, when you would put that out, uh, the investigation uh, uh, blog piece actually out, and you tweeted the link, uh, do you remember the screenshot that I replied to you? It was hilarious. Juliana's tweet, it was like, uh, here's to knowing the divorce rate in baseball is 84% uh, and committing to, you know, getting through it or whatever. Um, and that was like, you know, a picture of them, like super young and like whatever, and just looking like embarrassing, fucking embarrassing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, That's not important. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I just thought that was great. Uh, so any any listeners, you got to go and check it out. Uh, great humor. And it also, like you said, Brian, it does actually make some sense. Um, oh, yeah. it, it really does. Uh, you, you make some actually valid points in there for as much as it's a comical, uh, humorous sort of vibe to it. Uh, the, there is still, you know, some uh, merit to it, I, I would say. We're fans uh, of tinfoil hats. Yeah, there's there's definitely some merit to it. I I really shouldn't like because I since that I've been told that I've just been throwing it out on tweets all the time before I decided to finally write the article because finally people were like, wait, is this true? And I was like, you know what? Let's make them think it's true. Let's write this article. Um, but it, it was just it was so much fun to write. I love write, writing about the White Sox, but it's it's so easy to write about the Cubs and make fun of them. And especially when, you know, their ace is fucking their MVP's wife. Uh, it's easy to go. Yes. <laughs> We're, that's, that's, you know what, that, that's uh, that, that's kind of content that you'll get here. Uh, not, not on the site there. So uh, more more reason to uh, listen to him back in. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> I mean that that whole thing though. I, I just couldn't get over it. Um, so that, that I was going back a little bit further. I actually I didn't heard about the website uh, yet. But do you just have any uh, thing that you want to share from that whole Tim Anderson saga? I did not get a chance to read that before we came on. Um, but the whole I, I believe it was around the Keller BS thing, um, bat flips, all of that. Yeah, uh, that was. It wasn't as comical, but at that point in time in the White Sox season, even just major league season, everyone had to put their input in there because that, I mean, that was the story of baseball for like a week or two. So I was just, I kind of put my thoughts in there. It's been so long since I wrote it. I can't even tell you what, what I really said in there, but I, it just, it felt like Tim Anderson has obviously come onto the scene this year, and it's because of the swagger he has. And every post you see about him is the swagger, and that that's great. And I, I love seeing it. Uh, he just had a video come out doing an interview talking about uh, race and like being black representation in baseball. But I also think that if if it weren't about black rep- representation, it wouldn't have been such a big deal for all the people that were mad about it. So I just kind of. I mean, I hate to get too political or anything, but I felt like there there was race racism involved. So I, I just wanted to write that too. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you know, use use your outlets uh, to you know advocate for what you want to. Um, obviously, that's what's there for. Um, but uh, one thing on ours, I just wanted to because we had a one. Uh, Patrick Comiskey wrote one for Ontap Sports that, and it was it's time to eject Joe West from baseball. Um, so that that was that was a good. I mean, I know we we could get we could probably do a full hour oh, on Joe West. We should so, do it. We should do a Joe West show. We'll we'll do it at some point, Tony. Joe, <laughs> Joe we should debate Joe West versus Angel Hernandez. And who's it's, worse? It's crazy to me that when they become they're umpires, and you just think, and I'll just touch on this real quick because, like you said, yeah, we can do an hour, but you think, oh, okay. They can't be as bad as their perception is. They they just can't be this bad every single game. They've got to have a couple games. There's so many that they call that they aren't bad. But there they fucking are, making the game about them. So Well, dude, I mean, every single time Hernandez is behind the plate, dude, it doesn't matter what team are playing. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a heightened situation or, like, a 10-run ball game. He's just that bad. 
You know, it's like you, you, there was uh, I think there was one the other day. I can't remember who if it was Votto who was at the plate, and they they showed the, the all three strikes that were like inches, inches, not even like close. I'm talking three to four inches off the plate, and that might not seem like much, but for a major league umpire to miss three calls all in different areas. <laughs> like inside, outside, and above the strike zone on three straight pitches. Not to mention it's Joey Votto. And yeah, like, he's... It, like Joey Votto can go up there and umpire himself and just be like, oh, yeah, that was a strike. I'm out. Like, I, I trust Joey Votto with the strike zone over anybody else in the league, really. So to to ring him up on three pitches that were all out of the zone is just insane because Joey Votto knows the strike zone more than every umpire. I would agree. Yep. Yeah, for sure. It's, that's bad. <laughs> Let's get into his 999 challenge real quick here. Um, so you did a 999 challenge. I think that was actually the day that you recorded Socks on Tap, or it was the day after. Um, well, day so after. It was, it was fresh in the mind at that point in time. But uh, you tried out the 999 challenge. Let's talk a little bit about your experience doing it, um, how that went down. I know today was Dollar Dog Wednesday, and I still feel the – the three that I ate, I think Johnny was a little bit more adventurous than I was. Uh, it, it's not as easy as it looks because those, I'll tell you, from my experience, those first two or three dogs will go down pretty quick. And then all of a sudden you're like going to get more. And you're just like, ah, this is a bad idea. But I'll let you talk. I'm still full. Like I still haven't recovered and been able to eat a meal without wanting to throw up. Uh, I don't understand how that, like, that NWI Steve guy and uh, Matt Nominson. It's like they're they're putting down like ten hot dogs every time they go. I I don't understand how it works. Uh, I think the problem that I had with it is just, I mean, you guys know like the hot dogs on Dollar Hot Dog Day are not quality hot dogs. They're putting out a lot of hot dogs, and the the more they put out, just it's not like you don't. It's not like you have to put a lot of effort into making the hot dogs, but it just seems like okay. Here is here's everything you got going. It, the worst, the bottom of the barrel. And then I bought it all at once because I wanted to avoid the lines because you need to have a dog and a beer during every inning. I couldn't have six hot dogs and then wait three innings and then have my other three. Uh, it had to be finished by the time the next inning started. And if I was wasting all my time going to lines, I just never would have finished it. So I bought my hot dogs in bulk. It was like going to Sam's Club. And it just did not turn out well because an hour later they were freezing cold and the buns were getting disgusting. The beers were getting warm uh, and it was hard to keep up with. Also, there was a lady next to me with her family who just like kept side eyeing me like, are you really are you really doing this right now? Uh, so I, Too much pressure. I, when somebody's staring at you while you eat, I mean, I, I don't like that. Do you like people staring at you while you eat, Johnny? I, I don't like it. No, no. It makes you a little uncomfortable. That's just my thought. So at one point I thought I was going to throw up, so I just quit. And uh, I'll try it again next year. I like the determination, though, because uh, you do have a YouTube uh, channel with that yeah. up there as well. Just so um, you can follow the journey of Unprotected Socks as he goes uh, about another 9-9 challenge uh, so next season. Did you so participate in the 108's leaderboard, Dollar Dog leaderboard this year or no? no. That was the only Wednesday game I was able to make it to. So, uh, I mean, I I got six on there, but I don't think that's going to bring me home any championships. 
Is that the uh, most dogs you've ever ate in a day? Yeah, probably. But it won't be. It won't be the most. Next year, I'll I'll pull it off. That's a, that's a promise. That's a guarantee on here on Chai Sox Weekly. Um, but I got to be honest, guys. If like I was excited when you invited me on, but if I knew we were just going to talk about me the whole time, it's, this has been excellent. <laughs> I, I this, this, this is what Shy Sox Weekly is, man. I mean, we've it's we've true, had some that's... we've had some good personalities come on this show, and uh, we like to bring the best of of White Sox Twitter and 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 White Sox to everybody, and that's that's the point. We we're happy to have you on, um, right. Johnny. You want to get into the the next question for him? Yeah. So obviously, you had uh, mentioned this uh, before we had started uh, just touching on this topic that we actually Tony and I pretty much got our all of our hot air out about it on Sunday night in the Sox on tap Sunday Funday um, episode. But um, just your thoughts on that whole interview with Rick Hahn um, on the White Sox talk podcast, um, anything that struck you the wrong way or just fire away uh, wherever you want to start on it. Um, you know how we kind of did it. We kind of broke down in segments when we were on Sox on tap. Um, but yeah, just any thoughts you have, feel free. If, if you're listening to this and you didn't listen to that Sunday Funday uh, Socks on Tap, go back and listen to that because it was – I mean, it, it kind of covered everything. And I, I understand that – the thing about me is I, I'm very much a middleman when it comes to White Sox Twitter. I get so angry at the team and the way it's run, and I can see the anger. But then I see those guys that Rick was talking about when he made his comments about negative tweeters – and at the same time, like I can, I understand they are super negative. Uh, so this, I'm glad you asked me about it <laughs> because with Twitter, I'm sorry. I, I just, uh, like there's all those guys and they're smart and they read their books and they watch baseball all the time. My memories with baseball are, watching when I was in 1999 or 2000 and Ray Durham's hitting the ball and Carlos Lee's out there and uh, Jose Valentin. Oh, yeah. And I'm, oh, yeah. I'm in my kitchen uh, in the family room just like pretending to swing the bat, right ear lefty, their stance, and then just sprinting to the TV and then sprinting back to the kitchen, pretending to play the game while I'm doing that. It's fun. So while I do understand getting upset – and I think you guys called it worried. Um, I Concerned. also keep it as fun as possible. So it, it's just a really hard line to walk. And you'll see me out there calling out the people that are being too negative on Twitter. But then also I just started a weekly blog series on unprotectedsocks.com where I'm going to carry the water for the White Sox. It's all sarcasm. And it's trying to be positive, and it, it is really it, it's really tough to be positive uh, when all the shit's going down. But I think with the Rick Hahn thing, uh, people are going to get upset when he comes at you. But the fact that he even addressed White Sox Twitter at all, I think that's pretty cool. I know he was I know he's kind of talking shit, but uh, like the the thought of Rick Hahn logging on Twitter and seeing me tweet something like, I haven't seen the twins. I haven't seen twins be responsible for the destruction of socks like this since Mary Kate and Ashley turned 18. Like if Rick Hahn's going on that 
and see, <laughs> and seeing me talk about jerking off in a tube socks, then I, I think that's hilarious. So I, I love that Rick Hahn is in, out there and he's got, I mean, he is keeping up with the fan base. And I think that's important. It's cool that he went out to Reggie's and put himself out there for them. Chuck Garfine, you guys talked about it. He's a fan of the team. He's kind of a dork. Like, Chuck's Chuck. And you're right. The way that he def- they, they all defended it, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, you guys got your thoughts on it too, but sorry, I'm not speaking well on this. No, I think I think you you hit on a lot of good points here. Um, you know, I watch my son watching the games do the exact same thing that I did, that you did, Johnny. You probably did it too. I'm sure, there's tons of tons of kids out there. Um, you know, and this is the team that they're going to grow up remembering. And for everybody out there that's extremely negative on it, you know, baseball is supposed to be fun at, at its core. You know, we we talk about it on this show. We talk about it on Socks on Tap. We write about it. You know, we, we tweet about it. It consumes a lot of the time in our day. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, when we talked about, you know, being attacked for not being invested in it, um, that I didn't like. And, you know, I really like that you, you bring that up because it, it kind of lets you reflect back on, on how you get into this game. And, you know, sometimes we can get carried away on, on, on being too negative. I, I can see it. I definitely can. You know, we... Johnny and I were talking about it earlier today. You know, it gives you, uh, you know, some hope when you see them go and take two or three from a team like Houston. You know, and you get you get timely hits and home runs. Yeah, I love fireworks. I say it all the time. You know, I love I love seeing the ball fly out of the ballpark. It's it's fun. That's what that's what baseball should be about all the time. Now, I don't know if you got the chance to catch it. I think Johnny, you did, but. Chuck Garfine did another White Sox talk podcast this week. He did it with uh, Don Cooper. And and I want to shout out a former Shy Sox Weekly guest, uh, Pete Hand, for tipping me off to this. Because I generally don't listen to too much White Sox talk, as mm-hmm. I used to. Um, but at the end of the episode that Chuck did with Don Cooper, if you go and you listen to the last six or seven minutes of it, Chuck actually addresses the statements that he himself made and that the podcast as a whole. And he actually admits fans really have the right to be frustrated. You know, he said a lot of he said a lot of stuff in, a, in about a five, six minute period that if if you're still heated on this, if this is still really bothering you. I don't know about you, Johnny, but I would suggest that you go tune into that last six or seven minutes of that that White Sox talk podcast and hear what Chuck has to say. You know, he, he does still call out some people for being negative. Yeah. But he does say in there that people have the right to be frustrated. People have the right to be concerned with what the Sox have gone through. Because while baseball is fun, it's more fun when you're winning. And that's that's something that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with. Is and- it's way more fun to watch a winning ball club. And that's something that, uh, I mean, you bring that up. This came, and we've obviously struggled since the second half has started, but I think everyone on White Sox Twitter can say that we ha- we've we had a lot of fun with this team in the first half. Even though there's, there's times and you can think, okay, regression's coming. 
it was a fun team. And then you start losing, and people are getting upset, and then Rick Khan kind of throws fuel on the fire. Um, and it was a bad time for White Sox Twitter because they're kind of coming at him. To me, his comments about us weren't the worst part of that podcast. His comments about fatigue and, you know, Kopech not being ready uh, by opening <laughs> next year. That was way worse than yes. the other. Yep. And, like, <clears throat> People want to be negative about that. I totally understand. Um, but then you see we go out and we take two or three from the Astros. And now it, it's positive again. Winning, like you said, you just love to win. Winning cures everything. So as long as we start winning, I think that uh, he's going to get that positivity that he wants so badly. But, like, I mean, he's the one who's in charge of the team, right? So if he wants us to be positive, maybe give us some more things to be positive about. Uh, I get being patient, and patience is it's it's tough to be patient during a rebuild. And but I think most of the fans, and he talks about it a lot, the fans have bought into the rebuild. Maybe we're getting a little impatient with it, but we did buy into it, and he's lucky that we did that, kinda. Um, so if it works out, he's going to be happy with it, and we're going to be happy with it. Except for apparently, people or some people are going to be upset. But I, winning work will cure all, and I think that uh, if we start seeing success in the next couple of years, that uh, we can forget about all this shit happening. Well, yeah, and one of, one of the things that I was going to say is uh, you talk about winning, curing things. Um, you know, you're starting to see it, you know, some of the positivities back. Uh, people are a little, you know, more happy-go-lucky in their exchanges with others uh, within the White Sox community. Um, honestly, uh, we just want to get your take on this because it's very timely. Uh, it just happened almost, what, uh, basically a week ago, not even now. Uh, yeah, today's Wednesday, so uh, we'd go tomorrow uh, for from Thursday. But, um you know, some of that stuff's just kind of gonna blow over. Um, depends, obviously. I mean, people might still get upset if uh, we lay an egg out in Anaheim, but uh, you know, uh, we we just wanted to get on this uh, while it was uh, still hot and see if you had any thoughts on it. And uh, I agree with you that the the most concerning part of that was for me. Obviously, I think you heard my meltdown. Um, if Kopech's not ready, I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. Um, I thought that was the point of having Tommy John in, you know. September of 2018. Um, but, Tony, uh, do you have – I kind of cut you off when you were coming in. Do you have anything else on this? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to go back to – what was that, 2016? When coming out of spring training, you got the Adam LaRoche bullshit going on and his kid and the – you know, it's it, there's all this bad press about the Sox. And it, it was almost like a joke coming out of spring training. And then they go rattle off like – what were they like 22 and something in the first freaking month of the season? It was ridiculous. And everybody kind of forgot that there was this underlying shit show. And then, you know, everybody was, everybody was happy because when you, you're right, winning does cure all. And then all of a sudden the losses start to pile up and that's when people get frustrated. It, it's really simple. I think to break this down and, and Rick Hahn is not dumb and he should know this. If you want people to be happy, win more ball games. It, it is really, honestly, that simple, in my opinion. I think, I think the problem a lot of people have with Rick Hahn is he can come off as kind of condescending, and he's got that lawyer speak. 
But to me, like he'll talk and I'm I'm just a sheep. Like I'm so dumb and I'll be like, oh, OK, yeah, no, everything's going to be fine. And I'm dumb for being sad. Uh, <laughs> and like that could be tough. But I still like him. And at the end of the day, he his makes a living by running a major league baseball team. And I tweet about that team. And then as a gym teacher, I go and teach kids different variations of tag. So um, as much as I can, as smart as I can think that I am, Rick probably knows what he's talking about more than I do. So um, we kind of a jumping off point from this question when you talked about um, Tony, you'd mentioned it, win more ball games, um, and then, you know, people are going to be happier um, to do that in order to do that. We're going to have to add a free agent to the mix at some point here. Uh, it didn't happen last year. Uh, big time free agent. I'm talking. Um, do you know uh, looking good as an addition? <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, but Brian, I, we, I wanted to get your uh, thoughts um, on this upcoming off season. Who do you think they'll target? Do you think they'll land anyone? And I'll preface it by saying I'm pretty, I guess I'm in the negative crowd here, but I think that's because of he's talked the talk. It's time to walk the walk, and he hasn't done that yet. And last year was just such a, you know, not just the fall, uh, the missing Machado itself, but the fallout. I feel like that made us look a little bit bad. Um, so just wh- where do you think we sit this off season? And then if you want to, you can go ahead and throw out some names, uh, people that you'd like to target and people that we could realistically target. <laughs> I mean, I think that we're gonna try to get Garrett Cole. I do think that there's going to be an attempt. Uh, I could almost guarantee that that attempt will uh, fall short. I think that, like, there, there's just a million things going against us, and maybe that's just me being pessimistic. Maybe it's me still having a bitter taste from this past offseason, because that, that offseason about killed me. Uh, I was on a bachelor party, and I was hungover, and we were doing, like, a whiskey tour, and then I, I got a notification on my phone that said the Yankees are interested in Manny Machado. And I started crying. <laughs> like, it was fucking brutal. I couldn't handle it. And I, I honestly don't want to gear myself up to, like, get my hopes up again. So while it would be great to get a Garrett Cole, it would be great to get a, uh, was it Ozuna? Mm-hmm. Or even, a like, a Puig, who just became an American. Congratulations uh, to Yasiel. Um but it's just not going to happen. And I hate saying that. And probably when free agency does come around or when winter meetings start, I'm going to start getting my hopes up again. Uh, but, I mean, if you want a name, I would say go to the list of people that are going to be free agents and then skip that first two or three tiers. And then you can just pick like five names that are just going to come <laughs> – in those middle <laughs> tiers and say, oh, yeah, see, we plugged all of our holes. Uh, no pun intended there. But <laughs> it, that's just what's going to happen. It's what's always happened. And part of us are going to be like, oh, well, maybe this guy can fit. But if you look at the big picture, it's just it's just not going to end up how we want it to. So I'm not going to let myself get my hopes up. Yeah, don't get up for the letdown. I think that's been kind of my mentality here, especially because Tony, I mean, both, I think all three of us did the way that you're describing that, um, you know, the Yankees, uh, that notification about them being interested in Machado and your reaction to that. Uh, Tony and I, had, we went on and recorded like an emergency hour and 45 minute uh, episode talking all about that and the fallout. Um, 
I've always been, I think I've said this in messages to Tony, but I'll make, I'll put it on the airwaves here. White Sox are going to sign Gio Gonzalez called in off, uh, called in off season. That's it. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know why you keep going back to this because the Sox had their chance to sign Gio Gonzalez multiple times oh, and have, have whiffed on it multiple times. And so I, I just, I don't feel like it's going to be Gio Gonzalez. I know you're using him as a, as a metaphor for yeah. uh, old washed up pitcher who still has something left in, in the tank, maybe. But, I mean, Coop will fix him, so what's the problem? <laughs> Just go and – I think Brian made a good point. Go and skip that first tier uh, when you go to Spotrack, and, and you can look at the uh, uh, who's available free agency-wise – Skip that first tier, like Brian had just said, and then go down. And I just went and saw that, and I was like, "Wow!" Look at when you just look at the age, what his contract was this past year, and all the other names around it, the actual top ones. And my eye just went right to it. So yeah, you're right, Tony. I am using it as a metaphor, but uh, not getting up for the letdown. <laughs> I mean, it just happens every year. It's all. It's always been happening. And we'll get the middle tier guy. I, maybe you can go to the second tier, but go to the very bottom of the second tier. And that's the guy we'll, we'll, we'll sign, and then he'll come here and underperform, and we'll all scream for him to be DFA. That's what's going to happen. I just fucking – before we got on, on the air here, I saw a tweet from a Rockies fan, like, begging Alonzo to stay. I know he wasn't a free agent signing, but we acquired him in the offseason. They were begging. He was like, if he goes to the Cincinnati Reds, I'm going to be so sad. Think about, what was it, a month ago? I think every White Sox fan, whether they're positive or negative, was screaming for this guy to lose his job, and now his new team's got fans begging for him to stay. It's crazy. It's ridiculous when you look at the numbers, because I think he ended up finishing here with a, what, 179 average, I believe. Um, And he's, you know, plus 300-plus. I think Coors helps with the... Uh, home runs, but still, that's what we wanted. Some of that, uh, you know, just bursts of power, I guess, is what I was at least a little bit hopeful for from Alonzo um, when when we had traded for him back in the offseason. Um, and then I went to spring training, and this uh, we were at, I was with Andrew Kinsler, another on tap sports net guy, and we were at the um, Indians and Reds facility, and the White Sox were playing at the Indians that day. And we were just like the Indians fans came up and saw uh, our White Sox jerseys. So they stopped and we just like talked a little baseball for maybe like three, four minutes. And we had asked about like yonder Alonzo and the guys, no, he's trash. You could have him. You could have him. I was like, well, he's just coming off a somewhat okay year for Cleveland. He's only one year removed from an all-star appearance. And then of course he comes and, you know, shits the bed. So uh, that, 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 those are the types of people. So even if they did have some promise before they're going to come here and then it's not going to work out. Here, uh, here's a funny one, I think Johnny. That's so white Sox is how I'd classify that. Here's a fun one for you, Johnny. You talk about being opportunistic. He is four for 11 with three RBIs as a pinch hitter in Iraqi's uniform. He's hitting 333 with three home runs, seven RBIs, and scored eight runs for the Rockies so far. In his brief time with the Rockies, Alonzo has hit for a 1.193 OPS, worked seven walks to go along with six extra base hits. I mean, we never got that from this guy. None of that. Not a resemblance. No, 
I mean, a resemblance of that would have been like, oh, this was a fine off-season, off-season, uh, like we acquired someone yeah. who was actually useful for this team. Uh, but nope, I can't believe he's having success. I, I can't believe it. And I'm sure there's some people out there with the advanced statistics saying like, oh, this won't happen. I I know that that won't stay. He won't stay having this good of a year. Um, but you know, it would have been nice. My to see thoughts are bit. my thoughts are he might, because if you want to talk about regression, how about regression to the means, man? One a one ninety hitter was never Yonder Alonso. He's more of a two fifty guy. You know, I don't have I don't have his career numbers up. I'm trying to get them, but Yonder Alonso is just heading back to what Yonder Alonso actually is. We just didn't keep him around long enough for it to get there. Or maybe he just wasn't meant to play in Chicago. You know, I I have a feeling, and my kind of theory, I think, Johnny, we've talked about this a little bit, is that Yonder Alonso was never comfortable here because he was supposed to be playing in the shadows of someone. And now there's he he was in the direct sunlight, dude. I mean, the whole time. He was was the guy that didn't bring Manny Machado here just as much as Rick Hahn wasn't. And he was uncomfortable playing here. Yeah, career career numbers. Yonder Alonso is a two sixty hitter in his ten years. So yeah, if he's gonna hit three thirty three, three forty That's true. Over the course of the rest of the year, he's gonna get back closer to two sixty. He might not make it, but uh I don't think they're gonna give him enough at bats too. But Yonder Alonso's is just doing what Yonder Alonso has always done. If you look at the full body of work, it, it's sad. It is sad. I don't know why he did, why he didn't perform here, but I mean that's just my my theory. Yeah, you're, yeah, the theory. I think we have discussed that a couple times, Stone. Um, Tony, do you have uh, any other questions? I I got uh, through these. Um, if not, we can uh, run Brian through quick hits. Well, I do want to get to quick hits with him, but right before we do that, um, Brian, I want to talk a little bit about um, just not. Not this team as a whole, but what are your expectations for next year as far as record? Are they competing? I know we just touched on the offseason. What are your thoughts about next year? What are we going to see out of this team next year? I I would love to say that we can compete, and I can't do it because we're not this year. You can't tell me that plugging in two minor league players – uh, is going to make us a playoff team. It's going to make us better, but as you've seen with Eloy and Tim Anderson and Giolito and Reynaldo and Mancata, uh, sure, all these people can still be great players, but they're not doing it right away. And even, even if they were, I don't think that Magical and Robert, or Robert are coming up. Uh, we don't just become... A playoff team so i think that we get closer to 500 next year and then the the year after that is kind of when we start to compete but that might just mean meaningful baseball in september that doesn't mean october so i i, I would love and i will get excited next year and I, i'm excited to keep watching this team because i have had a lot of fun with this season um but i just don't expect playoffs next year I think it's going to be at least two playoffs. <laughs> Talk about playoffs. Playoffs. All right. Perfect. Now you've listened to this show before. 
We're going to put yeah. you on the hot seat in just a second here. Um, I was actually going to say, hey, Johnny, do you want to be the uh, the disher out of questions here for Quick Hits sure. today? I don't think you've I'll... ever had the chance to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take the reins um, and, uh, and put them through some Quick Hits in uh, just a second. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, are, you, are you adding adding some there? Oh yeah, I'm 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 working yeah. in the background. He doesn't he he doesn't know what the, what's coming. But alrighty. Um, so Brad, we'll, we'll uh, run through these quick hits. Um, so you know, quick answer, and uh, we'll just move right through them. Uh, we, we've got a myriad of questions here. Um, it just keeps it longer as Tony keeps typing. But uh, let me know when you're ready, and I will fire off the first one. I don't know if I'm going to be ready, so just go ahead now. Let's roll with it. Favorite White Sox moment? Uh, mine would be when they raised the banner. Uh, 06, opening night. I cried. Frank, Frank Thomas or Paul Canerco? Frank Thomas. Uh, I met him one time at the, like, it used to be the Gold Coast Ticket Club, Ticket Club and I'm going to sound, sound like a baby. I cried then, too. Like I, there was, there's the buffet. I had already eaten three plates of food. I saw him walk in with a smoking hot wife. I was like, I gotta go meet this guy. So I went up and grabbed another hot dog that I didn't need. I said, Oh, uh, hey Frank. I said, Yeah, man. I said, uh, You've always been a big hero of mine. He said, Oh, thanks. And I walked away and I sobbed my whole way back to. <laughs> That's a great story. Get that story out there. Oh, all right. Favorite food at the ballpark? Um, it would be antique tacos. Those are good. I had them yesterday, so Tony. Favorite band? Favorite band? Uh, Jesus. What? <laughs> oh, uh, the Cold War Kids. Big fan of Cold War. Obviously, I love them very much. You can tell how fast I was on that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite fast food? Taco Bell. Favorite White Sox Twitter follow? Uh, it would be like you guys, I guess. I don't want to suck up on your show, but it's like the on tap sports White Sox accounts. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, favorite favorite team besides the Sox? Uh, that would be the Brewers. I went to a Brewers game last year when they were. Closing in on the Cubs, it was awesome. Robin Ventura or Ricky Renteria? <sighs> Ricky Renteria. Favorite baseball movie? Sandlot. Oh, and no, for the love of the game. It's better than the other Costner ones, so. Uh, let's see. Better stat. Pitcher wins or RBIs? RBIs. What do you top your hot dog with? Uh, I don't want to be a coward. Like I, I love ketchup on a hot dog, but a Chicago dog is it's better. Is Jim Tomey a White Sox legend? No. Would you go out and hit the bars after a Sox game with Wally Money? Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've met him like once or twice. I just assume by the by the name that he's going to be paying for all my drinks. 
Uh, better career, Kopech or Giolito? Giolito. Year of the next White Sox playoff run. I guess 2021. Will Nick Madrigal make the White Sox roster? I just I, Right now I'm imagining when I was in high school and they posted the, the people that made the team. <laughs> I, I'm thinking... Like of Nick Madrigal going up to the list and looking for his name and just not being able to see it because he's so short. (laughs) (laughs) I think Little Nicky would be a good, like, nickname for him. (laughs) Yes. Okay, because I think Midrigal is uh, a little... (laughs) Midrigal. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What was the question? So will he make the White Sox roster? First of all, I'm like five nine. I have no room to be making these jokes. Uh, but yeah, I think. I mean, unless we can trade him, that would be great. But yeah, he'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> we like to include that one because Tony and I have had our beefs with the uh, Madrigal supporters and whatnot, and we think he's trade bait too. So, uh, Miller Light, Bud Light, Coors Light. Uh, I, I'm a Budweiser guy. Oh, uh, I hate Bud Light though. I hate it. You're just but, like Tony. So I, I, I got to go Coors Light because I feel like Budweiser and Miller Light are kind of like rivals. So I'll, I'll just go with Coors. All right. Biggie or Tupac? Uh, Biggie. Turtles, Cork, or Chinex? White Sox bars. Oh. Uh, Chai Sox Grill. Ooh. Ooh there off, yeah, there you go. <laughs> off the grid. We'll, we'll, we'll take you out to some of those I've other never ones. Been once. We get to yeah. your game. Uh, all right, uh, Ben Zobras or John Lester? <laughs> I don't know, man. It, you're going to have to ask Juliana Zobras. <laughs> no one's going to know more than her. Oh, yes, I love it. Favorite sport besides baseball? Football. Uh, next Sox player to be inducted into the hall? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Moncada. That's so stupid. Everyone's going to think, oh, man, there's no fucking... That's fine. I'll stick with Moncada. Uh, let's see. How do you... Uh, yeah, okay. How do you take your jello shot? I uh, finger it. There you go. Will the money be spent? It'll be spent. So, yes. Spent wisely? Hell no. Illinois or Northwestern? No brainer. Oh, come on. ILL. When drinking, yeah, fuck Northwestern. Sorry, Jonda. <laughs> While drinking, can you hold it longer than Shy Sox, Jonda? Uh, from the stories I've heard, I think that we would, we would be good drinking buddies. Because I, I tried to meet up with him on my last game that I went there. I think he was there with his mom or something. I was so fucking drunk. I puked in the porta potty on the way home. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, should the nets be raised higher to protect the upper deck? Yeah, sure. Let's just, let's just have nets around the entire stadium. Yeah, I so said that. That's the solution. Home run, <laughs> the last game I was at, a home run ball hit somebody too, and hurt them. So, especially with the ones we give up. Yeah, you get some missiles. I mean, freaking Bregman hit it on, or not Bregman? Uh, Springer hit it onto the concourse too. So watch out if you're there. Uh, uh, let's see. Who was it? Uh, 
when Josh Hamilton good. was playing, I think that uh, the Nets would have been pretty nice to have for the upper deck. Yeah. Um, all right, Drunkest you've been at a Sox game. Yeah, that was that was the last game I was at. I went to the um, the place where Eloy hit the home run today. Uh, I found I found out about those frozen drinks. Mm, yeah. And yeah, so I I saw there was two flavors, and I said, "Does the two drink maximum apply to these?" And they said, "Yeah, you can get two. So I did that, and I just chugged them both. Big 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 brain freeze. There you go. All right, most tradable White Sox prospect. Magical. How do you feel about the Wrigley Field baskets? I hate everything about that place. Everything. Yeah, they're weak and lame. All right. Uh, will the White Sox win another World Series in your lifetime? I that my biggest issue with that is I have no idea how much longer <laughs> how much longer I'll be around. But uh, if I change my diet habits, they might. But if not, no chance. All right. Uh, that's all we've. I can't be doing the nine 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 challenge and then expect to be here for another World Series. <laughs> <laughs> this is some golden content. Uh, that that was it. That, that's all we got for quick hits. Um, Tony, <laughs> Tony, um, you, you got some uh, closing thoughts here. Well, I mean, I was just going to open it up uh, to Brian, and if he had any questions for us or anything that that he wanted to bring up or t- or talk about, we could do a little little section on that, and then uh, we'll we'll head over to eye on the opponents. Um, and, and close this one out. Um, so, uh, floor is yours, my friend. You got anything for us? I wish I would have came more prepared. Uh, how do you guys put out as much content as you do? Because in the beginning of my summer, where I literally did not work for two and a half months, uh, and I have to go back tomorrow, sadly, because bad things happen to good people, Um I said I was going to blog a lot more, and I think we mentioned every single blog that I wrote uh, on this podcast. So I don't know how you guys record two, three podcasts a night and put out the content that you do. So, like, do you? What drugs do you take to stay up? As much? Uh, Budweiser, <laughs> uh, okay. honestly, uh, that's my fuel. Um, but I, I'll, I'll toss this one over to Johnny first because he's he's the content machine over there, hardest working yes. man in Sox Twitter. Oh, I appreciate that. But um, so, first of all, it's it's having a big team. Um, we've got a team of people who are committed to doing this. Um, you know, we found people who are like minded in their drive to uh, do this. They want to talk about their team. We're talking about it if we're texting or in person or whatever. Why not get behind a mic and record it? Um, it also plays with the ONTAP brand. Um, you, when you you know, we can have these longer shows like a Shy Sox Weekly for Blackhawks. We'll have a Four Feathers. Um, but we want to have something that's quick, be your alternative post-game show, a preview of the next game. So that's kind of how the concept behind it uh, came to be. And then we, uh, you know, fire them off uh, on taps, uh, whatever it socks on tap. It was done much better than I think Tony or Brad or I could have even predicted. Um, so then when you see that feedback, too, I think that also kind of helps drive you. And um, I guess if you're asking how, just physically how, 
we're up watching the game anyway. We're texting about it. We're so we just make it a point to um, afterward, and that's why we try to keep them to uh, you know short for the listener so that they can you know get on with their day and get the information they need. Um, but we're up watching the game anyway. Um, we, we can do something to uh, make the fan experience better. Um, and right now, that's just you know it's kind of what drives us. So it's yeah. really present. I feel like I would just be so tie tied. <laughs> there you go. I used the buzzism. I love it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, dude, it's it's everything that Johnny said. I I can't echo that enough, uh, especially the the team that we have around us. Um, you know, we're not the only ones doing it. We got guys over on the Cubs side um, who rattle off daily shows as well. Uh, that one took a little bit longer to get going, but uh, yeah, we had to build a team from from the ground up over there. Um, yeah, screw those guys though. Yeah, yeah, we don't like them anyway. No, Ron, Ron Luce, uh, he's he's a good he's guy. Um, I yeah, don't know if you've had a chance to meet him or, or talk to him, but uh, he he's on a lot of those episodes uh, for Cubs on Tap, Northside Nine. Um, you know, there's there's countless guys over there who are doing the same thing we are. So, um, yeah, it's, it's is how how did you find as many likable Cubs fans as you did? Um, well, Ron Ron is on yeah Ron Ron is on Four Feathers with us. Um, so we met him through through Blackhawks coverage. Um, uh, one of the guys over there is actually my cousin. Um, he's a somewhat likable kid. Um, so we got him, and then uh, uh, Juice uh, recorded with uh, with Buzz before they both came over from Sports Mockery. Um, so I mean, we just, just kind of built through you know the, those friends that you have or those people who are around you that that seem to like the north side team and you're just like well you're already in my life so you know it's, it's how we how we built that but um no those guys are those guys are all right um you know we had north side nine on chai Sox weekly um, that was awesome that was a good yeah episode. it was it was it was a really good episode i liked i liked uh talking to them in in a somewhat civil manner i think johnny can agree that uh, it was informative mm-hmm. i think for both both sides but yeah i mean if you go back to the the original question there um, how do we put out so much content? I, you know, I just talk into the microphone and, and Johnny makes it all happen. That, that's how it works. <laughs> uh, good work, Johnny. Uh, and then my last question would be, when can I meet you guys like in person? I think it'd be awesome to like catch a tailgate or something like that. And before the season's over, crack them. So, you know, Johnny and I were actually talking about this today in, in, in lot B, um, and we kind of talked about it, I think, on the last Shy Sox Weekly. We still don't have a date yet for the next ONTAP tailgate. We're definitely going to have one, another ONTAP Shy Sox Weekly tailgate before the end of the season. Um, like I said, I want to get two of them in there, but it, the clock just keeps ticking, man. It's mm-hmm. it's getting close yeah. to the end. But um, It's just uh, Saturday the 24th, Beer Stein night, and I'm going to make it up from Champagne that night. So Ooh. if you guys are there, I'll I'll DM you guys. Yeah, for for sure. So uh, I have a forty game plan, and then Tony has a ten, and then also buys additional uh, weekends the, and whatnot. The twenty, and then yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. No, no, yeah, you, you had twenty. Um, so so we're we're out there. We're out there a decent amount. Um, so like, if you're ever coming up to a game, and you feel free to shoot us a DM, because if I'm out there and I drive, if I don't take the train, then I'm out in lot B and we'll have the flag up. And even if you didn't message us or anything, you see the flag, more than welcome to stop by. Um, sure. 
that yeah but we'll we'll let you know as soon as we i mean we'll put it out on twitter too for the masses uh when we actually do nail down a date because like tony said uh definitely on the priority list to get one more actual big get together but even if it's a smaller one we still end up having fun yeah. crack them and throw some bags and you know we've we've had some very fun impromptu tailgates but we've yeah. also had very fun scheduled ones as well i should say you got nba stars coming to your uh tailgate it's a pretty good time yeah, yes. Frank, yeah, that was sweet. That was that, sweet. That yeah. was that was that was the last big one we threw. Um and we kinda took over the one oh eight that night too as well. So it was it was it was a good night. Um we're we're definitely gonna do it again though. Uh, like we said. We're we're just working working on some details. That's one of the uh the problems of having such a large team is it's trying to, you know, accommodate to everybody's schedules because we don't wanna we don't want to exclude anybody. We want to do it on a day that, you know, everybody can do it. But, you know, when you've got 25, 30 people to, to try and schedule it around, things can get a little um, difficult, I guess, is the word I'm searching for. You got anything else, Brian? No, that's all I got. All right, perfect. Johnny, let's do some eye on the opponent. We'll keep Brian on uh, to close this one out, and uh, we'll uh, get on with our night here. Yep, sounds good. I and the opponent, White Sox, are hitting the road, uh, heading out to Anaheim. I'm still going to call them Anaheim. I will refuse to call them the Los Angeles Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, of Disneyland, of whatever. Um, at Anaheim for four, uh, Thursday through Sunday. Um, I, I kind of like the late games, Tony. I know you and I will be up anyway, uh, waiting to record a Sox on tap. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a interesting road trip to say the least because after anaheim then no day off in between they're going straight to minnesota for three and uh minnesota's been a uh, scary opponent for us so that i mean i know we won one series but then there's also been series where we basically didn't even show up so uh thoughts predictions uh brian will hand it over to you first we usually do what we predict the white Sox record will be on the road trip um and then just any thoughts on the opponents themselves or uh white Sox news that could be timely to uh discuss for these games yeah so uh with the angels uh i i keep hearing about some guy that plays out there apparently he's pretty good some like salmon or some shit like that uh Mm -hmm. people say he's the best in baseball but i never hear of him you know i i only hear about the christian yelliches of the world but yeah mike trout always going to be a tough opponent so, but the of all the West Coast teams, the Angels, I'm not really scared to go play them. I know the White Sox have like That's a weird. horrible fucking. They just have a horrible track record of going west, and I feel like I hate the A's so much because I've watched us losing that stadium so many times. But my memories of uh, Los Angeles of Anaheim are going to Disneyland and beating the shit out of them in the ALCS. So I, of the teams that we can go out there to play, I think we could at least split with them. Uh, I don't really know the pitching matchups. And then Minnesota, I don't know if we can get one out there, uh, come back three and four on the road trip. I'll be fine with that. Not Do bad. I? You know what? You, you hit on something that I liked, and that was – you're not really scared of the L.A. Angels of, of Anaheim or whatever we're calling them these days. I, 
kind of echo that because like even going to Seattle, I feel like is scary for me. I don't know why. And then Oakland. Beginning of the year. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was real bad. Um, Plus it rains all the time. Yeah. So Anaheim should be a comfortable series. Get a split there. I I, I like that. Um, Minnesota though. They're on a, they're on a bit of a slide. I'm going to make a bold prediction and say we're taking two out of three in that series. Just because it would be really fun to play spoiler and just put Cleveland more on top in the division after the Twins had such a good run because I don't want Minnesota to build the winning culture that the Sox are supposed to be building right now. I want to hand these guys some L's and let them sit and stew on that because if we want to talk about silver linings and stuff this season – this could be a series that defines that the White Sox aren't just going to roll over and play dead to the fucking Twins. So this is the chance right here. Make it fucking happen. I like I like, I like that, Tony. Um, I uh, Prediction-wise, I'm just looking at, you know, when you talk about, uh, I think the point that you brought up about the Angels um, in not being scared to play them, but I also look at them, and they have the best player in baseball, and they haven't really been able to build much around him. Like, when you go and look at Mike Trout's stats, like, he only has, like, one little segment for playoff games, and I believe that was 14, um, So and it was only three. Uh, they, I think they got swept by Kansas City. So um, I uh, the Angels seem to do a lot of patchwork. I think that's the best way to describe uh, their philosophy around Mike Trout. Um, nothing really solidified. So I'm actually going to go out on a uh, limb here and say that we take three of four from L.A. Um, I, I will. I know that there's probably I would love to say it's four game sweep, but I think that's a little tough. Uh, someone in the rotation may slip up a little bit or uh, a bullpen meltdown if we're using them. But uh, I'll go three and one at L.A. And then. I hate to be my pessimistic self, but this is just me thinking of the last time we were at Minnesota. Um, I think it was the last time we were at Minnesota. At least one of the uh, one of the first times this year uh, was Memorial Day weekend, and we were up there, and we just did not show up and got shellacked in every single game. So I unfortunately think the Twins use us as a springboard, Tony, what you wanted to avoid, and they sweep us. So <laughs> unfortunately, three and four. Well, I'm glad you had your pessimistic prediction because normally when you pick the pessimistic side and I go on the opportunistic side, uh, we normally get somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Or I like to come back on the on the microphone, Johnny, and tell you, look what just happened. Uh, I love exam- being wrong. Example I love a, being wrong about this stuff. Example A, this Houston Astros series right yep. there. You know and, what? and the Minnesota series uh, before. Didn't we do something against yeah, them when you were out of town? Yeah. So. I've changed my mind. I recently have uh, I've coined myself as the water carrier for the White Sox Twitter. Uh, we're going 7-0. Oh. Beautiful. And I don't know that our rotation is going to give up a single run during those seven games. I like it. Winning is, winning is fun. It, it is. So uh, kind of a joke, but like if you look at, and I think Cleveland is still in second place. I think they lost today or something. Um, but if Cleveland was in first place... Our record against first place teams in the league is like seventeen and fifteen or something like that. It's pretty good. So and we, I mean, we just took care of the Astros, and even the game that we lost, we talked about it before we got on there. It, 
it wasn't the worst game of the year. So uh, maybe things do go well. I think that three out of four is actually a good prediction there for uh, those pussies in Anaheim. Well, yeah. if you if you take three more, you're going to be 57 and 65. And then if you go, well, 57, 66. And then if you go two or three, two, two out of three in Minnesota, what is that, 59 and 67? You're starting we, to creep back into that under, you know, like 10 games within 500. You're looking at a chance. You're looking at a chance, as Buzz <laughs> would like to say, to get back to that 500, that magic mark that he wants to get to. I don't think it's going to happen. But I'd like to see us chase no. it again. I'd like to see us chase it again. I really would. That would mean we're winning, and that would mean it's fun. Yeah, exactly. I like fireworks. I remember listening to the Socks on Tap. Uh, it might have been the same week that I actually went on myself where we got to 10 games under, and it was just so demoralizing. And I feel like we've been playing a little bit better uh, baseball of late, so it would be great to just be 9 under again. That's my new 500 is uh, <laughs> yes. 9 under. <laughs> I like that. But I love the expectations for this team. Like, can we just talk about the expectations a little bit here? Because, you know, we're talking about being happy with a team that's nine games under 500. And yeah. yet then, then we go and be negative about shit, too. It's it's just it's it's funny how the expectations shift. Because when, that- we, when we did get to 500 this year, I don't know if people thought that, that we were just going to hover around 500 for the rest of the year or go above. But I, I didn't really think that that was a realistic staying point. Did you guys? No. Yeah, well, so- we had Espanye going the next game, so <laughs> that was kind of fucked. But, yeah, um, yeah so, like, I, I remember in college and the kind of the beginning of the Cubs rebuild, and I know people are going to get mad. Oh, you can't compare the rebuilds. Yeah, whatever. Uh, my, my buddies who are Cubs fans. Steve Stone compares the rebuilds. Yeah. They did. They, well, Anytime you knew the Astros coming to town, all we were going to hear about is be patient because look, they won a World Series, so it's owed to us. But um, no, but yeah, I mean, a rebuild is a rebuild, and the Cubs went through this, and the Astros did go through this. Whether or not you want to compare them, it is something that they went through. And I remember my friends in college, like, just their goal was sixty-nine wins, and it's because we're immature and not funny. But we wanted sixty-nine. They wanted they wanted sixty-nine wins, and now. It's World Series or bust for them every year. So to want to be 500 or even 10 under, it's fine for now, but hopefully it doesn't last too long. That's, you know, that's a good way to put it, man. I, I It's just, you know, I love I love the moving targets. I, I, I actually want to ask you guys, for the remainder of the year, what's your, what's your, what, what are you looking forward to most and what's your goals with this team? to finish to finish this season off i think that's a good way to close it down go round table here johnny i want Luis robert up right now i want him up yesterday i've been pretty adamant about that um i don't give a shit about the service time let's see it i want when you talk about guys taking longer brian you brought it up earlier this is one thing that i always harp on in comparison to the rest of the league let's start taking these lumps now 
Um, and uh, Rick Hahn actually made a good point for it. I know he was kind of playing both sides of it in his White Sox talk podcast appearance when he's saying, you know, oh, part of it could be getting them acclimated to how things run with the big league team because there is stuff off the field too, you know, where they stay, what, you know, what time they need to get there for early stretch and workouts before they take batting practice and all that kind of stuff. And Luis Roberts still a young kid. And if you can get acclimated to that in a season where even if something is a little off logistically for him, um, then he could be, I feel like a step ahead next year. And that's where I want. I want Luis Robert up. That would be my number one, Tony, honestly, because the record, it'd be great to win as many games as possible, obviously. Uh, but that's why we're fans. We root for him every game, but, uh, realistically the, the win total doesn't matter. I really hope they blow out my prediction from the beginning of the year. I thought they were only going to be like five games better than they were last season. They're on pace too. Um, so it's not hit a slump, (laughs) get well above that. And, uh, yeah, just see Moncada stay healthy. That's another thing. I like to see him stay healthy. Um, I like to say Eloy stay healthy and also start hitting to the gaps more. And then um, Reynaldo Lopez, if he can just keep up the second half the way it's been going, um, make any needed adjustments in the offseason and be a legitimate force, um, then I will be happy with the rest of the season. So uh, I guess just progression sounds kind of Rick Hanish, but the right guy's doing it in progression tone. Yeah, Brian, I'm curious in your thoughts too. I, I liked a lot of what Johnny said there. Oh, me too. Um, I'm, I'd love for La Pantera to come up. I, I, I just don't see it happening. He's, he's a little tired tie himself with, you know, it's the longest season he's ever played or whatever. So fatigue, Th- those comments made me think he's not going to come up. So looking past that and looking at what is in front of us, I think that what Johnny said about health is huge. I would love for Mankata to be healthy for Eloy to stay healthy because I feel like we haven't really gotten to see a full lineup this year with the guys that we want. We've seen 20 home runs from Eloy. That's great. We've seen Mankata have a great year when he's playing. Not saying he's been hurt that much, but I feel like there's been so many times this year when we've had either Eloy's hurt, Mankata's hurt, or Tim is hurt. And I'd like to see the lineup all together and be healthy at once because I'm tired of seeing the top five hitters are professional hitters. And then the last four are Chuck Tilson's and Ryan Cordell. So just having them all be healthy at once would be huge because they are the ones that are important and it's nothing against those other guys, but those are the guys that we need to see the progress from. And then uh, the pitching Johnny mentioned Reynaldo has been, he's been great lately. And Lucas obviously showed the other night that he eats kind of getting back to that first half form just to see the pitching keep going the way that it kind of has been over the last week or so. Even cease has been getting better. Um, Looking forward to just starting pitching, kind of showing what they're capable of as they progress as well. So health to keep a full lineup and then pitching continuous, continuing to uh, show improvements would be great the rest of the year, whether we're winning games or not. Awesome. I think you guys touched on a lot of what I was going to say. Um, but one thing that I'm really looking forward to and that I want to see happen is a absolute dominant start out of Dylan Cease. I want to see him get through a start, not give up any runs. You know, seven plus strikeouts, no runs, one or one walk or less, just absolutely shut down an opponent. Um, you know, we've we've seen him get out of jams. 
We've seen him, you know, kind of hobble along in games that, that, that we've seen him get absolutely shellacked. I want to see that dominance out of him. I think that's going to be a huge confidence boost for the kid. Um, you know, you guys both touched on Robert. You know, I, I'm I'm with the I'm with the bring him up crowd. I was with the Eloy bring him up crowd last year. Um, so no changes there. But you know, as far as the offense goes, I, I echo everything you said there, Brian. Um, I want to see that lineup fully intact because if the Sox can beat the Astros without Yohan Moncada. You know, we didn't really, we didn't really talk about that. You know, this team beat the beat the Astros in a three game series without arguably their best player on the field. Um, so yeah, I know Larry wasn't in the lineup. I know. Yeah, yeah I know that. Well, you know what? Here, let's go back to that though, Johnny. Let's let's think about that for a yeah, second. Yeah, no, but he is. Yeah, he has been valuable this year. Let's yes. let's let's think I know about what you're that. Saying. I was thinking joke, what is that yeah. like? What is that like? Seven WAR out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. I think Lurie is like 2.3 or something like that. I don't know what Yohan is, but those are top top three, four war guys. We're missing this series. And you still beat Houston. One of, one of the guys pitching was Ross Detweiler. And Johnny, every time we're together, Ross Detweiler. Um, he activates Ross the boss mode. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I want to see, like like you said, I want to see that full lineup get together and win some ball games. Um, you know, and, and just, Hey, get to nine games under 500, I think would be a, a great way to finish this. this the new 500, of, the new 500. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, oof. I don't know if Buzz will like it, but, uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get his opinions one of these days, but, uh, I, I, that's, that's all I really have. Uh, Brian, it was awesome having you on. Why don't you uh, let the listeners know one more time where they can find you and all of your work. Um, uh, just a pleasure having you on, man. Um, hope to have you back soon. So my website – oh, and first, it's, it was so much fun. And I know that I probably didn't – I don't know. There was a lot of times where I kind of tripped over my own words. I hope you can edit around that, Johnny. But uh, I had an awesome time, and I'd love to come back whenever uh, you need somebody. My Twitter handle is at Socks Unprotected. And my website is unprotectedsocks.com where you can kind of catch all those blog posts that we talked about earlier in the show. And thank you guys so much again for having me on. Yeah, I mean, it was a pleasure, man. Uh, definitely what you had mentioned about uh, getting up and catching a game or a tailgate together. Uh, you just let us know and we are more more than happy to meet up with you. Um, we definitely got to do this in person, uh, crush some beers and, uh, just taking a game. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So, uh, you just let us know whenever you're coming up from the old champagne, the two one seven, um, the old stopping grounds for me. So can we get a go a line? I, yeah, I L L I and I, there we go. I also, John is going to hate this episode. (laughs) (laughs) He should have been on here if you wanted to say, um, one thing I do want to say and during the quick hits, I mentioned you guys, but I, I do want to give one more shout out to uh, my Chai Sox because he, I I just feel like he would appreciate it. <laughs> He's an awesome dude, so I'm I'm yeah. sure he, I'm sure he will appreciate that one. Um, Johnny, anything else? Uh, I I think that's uh, that's a wrap for tonight, man. Yeah, that's all I've got. Um, it was a good show, guys. Uh, always great talking White Sox baseball with you, and we will do this in person sometime. Uh, it definitely needs to happen, as I had mentioned, but you know, keep saying it for it to become a reality. Talk it into existence. So, 
Let's talk um, that nine games under 500 into existence. Exactly. You say that more and more. So uh, that'll do it. That was episode 45 of Shy Sox Weekly with Unprotected Sox. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go White Sox. Michael Jordan episode. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. Let's go Sox. <laughs> go Sox. <laughs> <laughs>